Drive gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Josh Reunis, and we are here on this beautiful Monday morning where it is only cold for an hour. If you consider 84 degrees cold, and then it just, yeah, picks back up to the 90s. Yay. It's going to be a 111 degree heat. Tuesday, next Tuesday. Not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. It's going to be 100. So, goody. Got some to look forward to. But for us, if you ever lived in Arizona, especially for the summer, you take any degree difference, especially when it's on the decreasing side, important. You just take that. Not for granted, but you take, you use that for your advantage. You really, really do. Ugh, Arizona summer is just brutal. It really is. Because I like to have snow, I like to have winter all around, right? I take San Diego. I would, I would live there just for the weather and the beaches, right? You tell me it's going to be like 70s all the time. It's going to be nice. Um... I would do that. I would do that in a heartbeat. So let me just look up San Diego real quick. Yeah, right now it's 65. It's always going to be in the 70s. It's always in the 70s. Probably cloudy. Come on. I'm going to have to move to San Diego. I, I, I might just have to. Especially when it's 1,000 degrees out and, and uh, Arizona heat. Not even kidding you. Yeah, besides that, um, everything else is going good. Um, uh, sure, I've been living here for multiple, I've been living here for a very long time. Multiple, multiple years, pretty much like 16 years living in Arizona. So, I'm bound to get used to the heat. I just have to live with it, right? But, um... With that being said, let's jump into today's podcast episode because I have no idea how I spent two minutes or so talking about weather. Yeah. San Diego, here I come. And also, because we're going to be moving around a lot, we got to talk about social media real quick. Let's talk about this before we get to breaking news around the league. Social media, you know where to find us, guys. The main one that we want you to be on with us would be twitter.com slash courts of heat. So you got if you got the Twitter app, you like going online on a computer, or you don't got the app, you're on your phone, just go to twitter.com and put in courtside heat or go to the link courtside heat uh, not courtside.com, but we're gonna get to that in a second, but twitter.com slash courtside heat. Also we're on Instagram, Facebook, so hit us up there. As we're going to be posting a lot more. But yeah, follow us on Twitter because we're coming out for the opinionated stuff with the breaking news stuff, with adding our bias to the Phoenix Suns, to our knowledge on everything else. Yeah, uh, jump in on the conversations, give us a follow, retweet, tweet stuff. That will be tremendously appreciated. But yeah, guys, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I guess Tumblr to some extent. I have no idea. But yeah, guys, that's how we're rocking and rolling. Um, nothing too fancy. No other announcements. Remember, we're posting back up to Substack. I'll have my NBA 2K23 article down below. Um, newsletter, that was supposed to come out mon- uh, Sunday. Supposed to come out yesterday. Um, that failed, obviously. Rev, get review, whatever, whatever it's called. Um, get review. Um, it was down till like Saturday. I just did not have enough time 
to get out the newsletter because I couldn't even get into the site. It was just down. I kept checking different platforms and stuff to make sure it wasn't me. So unfortunately, guys, you have to wait till Wednesday. So you're going to have to wait out two days. Not the most ideal situation, but we're going to come back harder, right? Yeah, I, I, I was super bummed out because I had great stuff planned, time-sensitive stuff planned. But I was able to crunch out the, the NBA 2K23 ratings for teams and players. For top five guys, I wanted to brief detail about. Then the rest, I just put into a nice categorized list. Some of the guys can read. And it should only take you guys five to seven minutes to read. It's on the Substack account. It's just on substack.courtsideheat.com. Yeah, or it's on courtsideheat.com. Again, I'm gonna put all those. I'm gonna put both those links down below. Uh, on Substack, that's for free and that's for free readers and paying members. Um, we're gonna be posting more on Substack. Despite my school starting back up, I don't care. Uh, podcast is going to be like normal. Writing is going to be like normal. Like what you guys see with, oh, with me on activity-wise for social media, for courtsaid.com, that's going to be how it is. I'm not going to be posting from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. a lot, but I'm going to be there. It's going to be very consistent. And, yeah, so with my school starting back up, there will be no days taken off on the podcast. I will be here for Tuesday's edition, I will be here for Friday's and Saturday's edition, and I will try to get out many segments. So yeah, nothing's gonna be paused. So yeah, those would be my other announcements that came to my mind. And now, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, people of the NBA world and I guess community, let's get started. Let's get crackalacking on this uh, Monday's edition. Because I said last night, when a tweet came out by Gambo, talking about Malcolm Brogdon and the Pacers' sons, stuff, pretty much alluding to that stuff, but uh, about Malcolm Brogdon and the Pacers, I said I had a theory, a new theory, a new exciting theory with news about DeAndre Ant. I'm going to get to that. It's going to be a topic of our day. Uh, for the breaking news around the league segment, guys, it's not going to be that long. Uh, to be honest, there's not that much to talk about because we already got contracts being finalized, right? Trades are being finalized, so it's not the biggest thing in the world. But I'll cover some of it. Uh, again, that's something that you want to have rolling on your computer or phone. Twitter.com slash Courts of Heat. I'm reacting to it all. Always, I'm pointing it to you guys. Uh, I'm pointing it to you guys from the accounts that are publishing it. But yeah, let's just jump right into breaking news around the league. I want to get the topic of the day because that's about my new theory. Wasn't kidding about that. People saw I was kidding. I'm not kidding. I have a new theory and everything because I believe this one. I don't know how many people are speaking about this because I came up around with this idea. Pretty much, once that tweet came out, then once I was done hanging out with my family and I was able to start creatively singing about this theory and just about our courts of heat stuff, I think it's a pretty solid theory. And I don't know if this is a theory that actually checks out, but this is a fan theory right here. I actually believe this is an insider theory here that should be common sense at this point where we're at with everything, but I'm going to get to that in a bit. Stick around, guys. Um, if you want to skip this segment, upcoming segment, you can't, but do not miss topic of the day. Just do not miss that segment. Do not miss that. So, up quick, guys. Um, let's get into this James Wiseman stuff. Let's get into James Wiseman. Because we all know he had a summer league game. He's, re he's rehabbing from a knee injury. So, how did he do? How did the guy himself do? Because I'm a James Wiseman fan. James Wiseman has been good. He's he, he only played in 2020. But come on, he had an impressive summer league debut. And you know what? I'm going to explain more, but let's listen to this clip real quick. 
with the team, but is not playing. The Warriors control the tip. Kaminga up top to Wiseman. Welcome back, James Wiseman. So yeah, guys, that was just a short 10-second clip or something. Just looking at a cool highlight, into a cool highlight. But yeah, this before his short stay in the G League, Wiseman had played since April 2021 when he tore his right meniscus. That tells you a lot. So, Wiseman played four four-minute spurts at the start of each quarter in his summer league debut. It was actually a good win over the Spurs. Um, it was 86-85 win over San Antonio. He checked back in for the final three minutes of that game. So, in in his t uh, 19 minutes of debuting, of having his first rehab, full rehab game, if you want to call it that, he finished with 11 points on 5 of 7 shooting, 2 rebounds, and 2 blocks. So, of course with him being back for the first time in a very long time, especially in a game like this, in a setting like this, um, you could have seen there was areas where his timing was off when trying to read, when trying to read the court, uh, when certain kinds of patterns and when was setting screens. But now, there were tiny glimpses, there were tiny moments shining through Wiseman's play. You saw his athletic ability come back throughout the night. You saw his dunk. You saw his blocks. He ran the floor pretty well, and he was pretty physical. So, for him to do that, that was really, really good. I was impressed. I did not watch the game, but I've been reading breakdowns. I've been looking at highlights to like the one I just shown you or made you guys listen to for 10 seconds or something. But yeah, there was obviously key mistakes, but look, the guy's going to have a rust, especially a guy who's only going to be in the second year, second season, technically playing because he hasn't played since 2020 when he was dealing with all those injuries. And even then, that wasn't a full season. That was just the plague season four. We're really plague year for the Warriors in terms of injuries because he wasn't the only guy to suffer injuries. Stephen Curry also went down with a broken wrist or something, but he was dealing with his own injuries. Same with Thompson, Clay Thompson. Uh, I think even Draymond got thrown into that mix. I don't know. There was just guys. But yeah, so for a guy then before his G League stint, who hadn't played a game, since April of 2021, sure, it's going to be some rust. Sure. If a guy hasn't played since past April, hasn't played in 2021, come on. Like, what do you expect? Of course, his environment's going to be different. Of course, he's going to have to throw adjustments. Of course, he's going to have to pick things up pretty fast. But he's also going to have learning moments and difficult moments. So, from what we could tell, his knee was fine. From what we could tell, he was comfortable. He was getting back to that setting. I think it was important for him to get back um, into the swing of things, especially within the summer league. Not as competitive or not as serious as a regular NBA game. He's just going out there having fun. Real quick, here's a video. Uh, here's a short clip of him. And actually, in the post game, talked to a reporter about his, uh, his experience within this game and, of course, his knee. Uh, my movements. Uh, I was sharp out there. I was really good with my movements. I was running the floor, and uh, my knee feel great. So, man, I can't ask for nothing better. Yeah, so he's checked out. He said that his knee was good. It was feeling better, right, from what you guys were um, hearing within the clip. It was also, like I said before, not such a stressful game. He's just going out there having fun, and that can help. So there's not so much stress on your body or in your mind to say, okay, we have to win this game. I got to play perfect. He knew he made mistakes, but going 5-7 for 11 points, 2 rebounds, 2 blocks, come on. In less than 20 minutes, right, 19 minutes in his summer league debut, that's huge. And that's a really good sign for the Warriors. Because you had Jonathan Kuminga go off, you had um, him come back, you had another guy, I forgot, I forgot his name, but it's alright. You got these core young guys coming up 
for the future after Curry goes, after Draymond goes, after Clay goes. Right, you got guys that are going to come and go, but you got the future here. And that's how it's going to be led by Poole, Kuminga, and Wiseman. Or at least two out of three of those guys. I'm not going to name names, because I'm pretty sure you guys are going to figure that out pretty soon. But this is very good. This should look pleasing in the eyes of Golden State, especially the front office. Uh, the locker room should be happy to see him back. I can imagine how much of a battle that's been since tearing his, since tearing your right meniscus, and have to do all that, and then of course the uh, irritation, some of the setbacks, because we saw last season during Thanksgiving time he was coming back within that week. No, wasn't that he just had a few setbacks, could not. Muster it up so they shut him down for the remainder of the season. But now it's looking really, really good. So if he's able to keep his knees in check, body in check, and limit those injuries to where he's not taking up 50 plus games of the season or even 20 plus games a season, he'll be spot on. He'll be gold. And that's going to be very, very promising for the Golden State Warriors. And that is without question. That's without fail. And I want to check on some of Real quick on my Twitter page at Courtside Heat because I saw from Stab Muse I did retweet something like something. Where was where was it? Yes, okay, so this is the third guy. So the future is looking so bright for this Golden State team. It was by Warriors Muse at Warriors Muse. Pretty cool. Came out 7 o'clock last night. Moses Moody, last game. 34 points, 5 rebounds, 2 blocks. Jonathan Kuminga, 28.7 rebounds, 4 assists. That was in yesterday's game, Sunday night's game. Then James Wiseman, tonight in 19, or yesterday, sorry, I'm reading from the tweet. From Sunday night in 19 minutes, 7 points, 2 rebounds, 2 blocks. Hold up. Seven points. No, eleven points. Yeah, I don't know where they're getting seven points from. Yeah, yeah, ne never mind. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah, they made a mistake. So I was reading from a tweet. I'm like, what? Only seven? And I was checking back for the stats for ESPN. Yeah, it's eleven. So yeah, not to get you guys mixed up, it was eleven, two, and two for that night. But come on, that's a stacked future, and. I was only to cover James Wiseman a little bit, but when you're seeing this as a whole, their future's bright. Like, the Warriors did good drafting. They got lucky with a lot of guys, because you could say that with Stephen Curry, you could say it with Draymond Green, you could say it with a lot of guys, but you pulled out some special drum pull. Many guys didn't think he was going to be good. Jonathan Kuminga, he could be turning out solid. James Wiseman, if he stays healthy, he could be solid. And that's, it was a top three pick. It was a top three pick. You knew it was going to be. But the Warriors had to choose Plum Melball and James Wiseman. They felt James Wiseman was going to be better. I think they made the better decision. Because it's always working out. It really, really is. So this team's stacked. It's set for many years to come. Their future is so bright, it's scary. I feel bad for the entire West, including my Phoenix Suns, because... They're just getting more intense, more better, more physical, more athletic, better shooters, better passers, better rebounders, using their height to their advantage, pretty much everything. Using their IQ uh, basketball-wise to their advantage, IQ on and off the court to their advantage. Like, I don't know. Working, I, I, anything you want, they're doing better. They're doing more efficient, and it's really cool to see that because they won a championship with this group. Now, hopefully, with Wiseman coming back to the mix and everyone coming back a little stronger, a little healthier during this summer, during the warm-ups and stuff, just trying to get through summer league, the offseason, yada, 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 um, you can see them make a run for championship again. And I believe they will be the favorites to win the championship again because such a strong season, such a strong free-year turnaround, free-season turnaround for this group, for this team. For the ups and downs to win a championship, I don't think they're going to be seen as underdog. I think they'll be the dog. I think they'll be the top dog. And I do believe this. 
The Warriors will be back in that discussion. They'll go back to the postseason. I do believe they'll be winning their championship within the next three seasons. I truly, 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 truly do believe that. That's how bright their future is with these young guys, with these soon-to-be core guys. Once you see Stephen Curry go, once you see Draymond Green go, once you see Klay Thompson go, and all these different guys, it's going to be something interesting. And let's not forget about Andrew Wiggins. He was a fundamental part of that group last season. He had a breakout season showing why he was called Maple Jordan back in high school. A stupid nickname, but I respect enough to call him it. He's been showing great progress. It goes to show that when you have a right when you have the right head coach, that you'll play well. When you have a good head coach, you'll play very good. That is just a fact. It all depends what kind of team you have, what kind of environment you're put into, what kind of situation with the head coach. It's a whole thing. And he's been able to thrive under Steve Kerr, under the Warriors' leadership and guidance. His season, his career's been turned around. And it's been turned around since he's joined the Bay. And I'm not even kidding about that. So do not discredit Andrew Wiggins. I'm a huge Wiggins fan now. Um, he's proved me wrong. Especially when I wrote articles about him. On that huge piece of the rise and fall of Andrew Wiggins. I'm actually going to update that. From the rise and fall. From the rise to fall. The rise of Andrew Wiggins. Same as what I'm going to call him. But I just found that very, very interesting. And that's some, that's one guy's name I'm always going to have on my mind, especially when it comes to Golden State and just how it plays in the NBA entirely without fail. Now, you got one California team making moves, making splashes, winning championships, come back as the king, as the, uh, the Holy Grail. But now, there's another California team. That's Los Angeles Lakers. And they're still trying to grind it out to get Kyrie Irving. Because LeBron James wants his boy back. Wants his guy back. It seems like the two made up. LeBron James is advocating for Kyrie to come to LA. And you got this California team that's going to make a splash. Going to make a little run for Kyrie. But the only problem is this is that Brooklyn is more focused on putting together a Kevin Durant trade first, then after that they'll move on to finding a deal for Irving. And for Irving, they're fine taking Russell Westbrook, they're fine giving up Kyrie Irving. There just has to be a lot of draft picks. And LA, from what I understood, can trade first rounders now in 2027, 2029, since they don't have to pay or really oh no anything anymore to no Pelicans anymore. That's how I took it, but they have 2027, 2029 first rounders that they can use to disposal, but that is something that the Nets want. Because I have a feeling they're going to go draft heavy. They're gonna get a lot of picks because they want to A build for the draft and or B sell off those picks to get assets in return, i.e. players. To have some all-star caliber talent to them. Uh, decent players, good players, or even some high-level players beyond the all-star uh, limits or expectations, rather. So that's something very interesting, but this is going to be the long game. This is going to be a very patient process. If everyone saw here in the Valley that the Kevin Durant trade is taking forever, if you're an L.A. Laker fan, if you're a Los Angeles Laker fan, Brooklyn, unless something drastic happens, Brooklyn's waiting. They want to trade KD first. They want to find a suitor for them. Just get that out of there. And then they're going to focus on Kyrie, which makes sense. Prioritize, in this sense, the better, the more asset-commanding guy over the smaller asset-commanding guy, if that makes sense. KD's going to draw more. He's going to get more teams interested. And there's also a significant price on this man's market value. And I don't believe it's going to diminish. I don't think it's going to decrease any way, shape, form, or fashion. I do believe Kevin Durant's demands are going to go up. His trade value is going to go up or stay the same. 
it will never decrease. Kyrie's has decreased a bit due to his recent years within the organization of Brooklyn. And just right now, he's on an expiring contract for sure. And you saw our teams like the Mavericks and Knicks pulling out. I believe those are two teams. Maybe not the Knicks, but I know for sure it was the Mavericks. So for right now, you have the Lakers. But that's pretty much where we're at with the Kyrie Irving situation. We're just in the patient game. We're in for the long run. We're just going to be taking our time. And it makes sense. It just does. And I don't think there's anything more to it. We'll continue to let you guys know if anything comes across our desk. Uh, we'll be reporting it for sure. But yeah, Katie first, Kyrie second, and I explained why in a few a few sentences ago. Now, with that being said, guys, that's all I have. That's all I have for the breaking news around the league segment. And again, that seg that section was not too big because the only other news was Danilo Gallinari's signing a two-year, $13 million contract with the Boston Celtics. Um, it, the deal is fully guaranteed. It includes a player option. It also should be noted that adding on his partial guarantee for the 2022-23, prior to the Spurs waving him, Gallinari will be making $17 million plus this season and now joins the champion chase with the Celtics per Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, after current waivers, free agent Tage Gibson, Tage Gibson agreed to a one-year deal with the Washington Wizards. All of this was just becoming finalized, which we knew was going to happen. Uh, we already talked about Frank Tank. We've talked about Damian Lillard. Um, there's nothing else really I can say on that end. That's some of the breaking news around the league. Again, not the most analyzed pieces right there, but pretty self-explanatory. Now on to this thing that I've been looking the most forward to, one of the most fun with, and something I wanted to bring to y'all's attention before we uh, scatter, scatter out, start to move out. So, topic of the day, here's a report that generated, I got my creative juices flying. Per Gambo of 98.7 AZ Sports, of Arizona Sports, Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon has not taken his physical yet, so trade cannot be completed for Boston. Once that trade is finalized, the Indy will have the cap space needed to offer DeAndre and a max contract. Also, per Gambo, his physical is tomorrow. That's what he heard. Now, I was paraphrasing what the man said. I was not going word for word. Um, I could pull it up word for word real quick. You know what? I'm going to do that just to make sure my, uh, paraphrasing or just, um, yeah, it's correct. So this is what his tweet said, 8.32 p.m. yesterday night said, this is what he said. From what I've heard, Malcolm Brogdon was on vacation when he was traded and has not yet taken his physical to complete his trade to Boston. Not until that trade is finalized would Indiana have the space needed to offer a max contract to DeAndre Ayn. Heard physical is tomorrow. So that's pretty much where I pretty much why I paraphrase. Just wanted to make sure I got that correct and made sense to you guys. So reports came out. This makes sense. Reports came out that we hear movement about DeAndre Ayn. This is the biggest movement movement right here because Malcolm Brogdon plays a significant role in this. He does. So the Celtics get their true playmaker, real playmaker, perfect. They don't have to survive upon Marcus Smart and other guys bringing up the ball. Um, but now it comes to Indy, it comes to Indiana Pacers. I'm going to sit down real quick, guys, so... If you're saying it's just me trying to sit down so I'm able to not kill my back off. Okay, this works. So where are we on my train of thought? Uh, wow, that's annoying. 
Okay. We're back. I hope this did not mess up anything. I really hope not. There we go. Sorry if you guys heard some squeaking. That was not my intent, but yes. So, here's my DeAndre theory. Once Brogdon takes his physical and passes, assuming that he passes, because I know he's on vacation, um, working on may not have been his top priority, but he knew this was going to happen. So, the trade cannot be finalized, cannot be completed until that physical is taken. So, even though it's an official NBA trade, it cannot be completed until he takes his physical and passes. So, once he passes, then we will see trade talks and negotiations happen between them, DeAndre, and the Suns. Things will begin to ramp up. I truly do believe that. Because once that physical is taken tomorrow or today, uh, still reading for that way, I'm so sorry. Once that physical is taken today, then that'll be the first domino to fall. Then the negotiations will happen. And then we'll say, okay, we'll bypass the offer sheet. We'll go to the sign and trade route. That's second domino. That's another domino down. Negotiations are ramping up. And now we have things moving again. So, Indy has been waiting for this moment. As they're pretty much waiting for Brian's trade to be completed. They have the necessary cap space to make an offer frame. That is why I believe talks between the Suns and Nets have slowed down. Not because of the assets involved, but because Brock but because of Brogdon waiting on that third team. The Pacers will ultimately be the third team and will ultimately land your Jane. Like I've said before, the Utah Jazz are out. The Indiana Pacers are in to require the big man. So pretty much everyone knew that the Pacers are the third team, but had to wait due to Malcolm Brogdon. Now, this all makes sense because, as you can see, you can bypass the offer sheet and go straight into the sign trade method. That is why the Nets have not, that's why the, hell. Oh, Sorry if I cannot speak today. That is why the Nets have been so patient with the Suns and not rushing to the next team because you could rush to the Toronto Raptors. You can see what Philly wants, what the Warrior wants, what the Nuggets of certain extent want. Where you can be filling out different offers, and you can. But you're taking the Phoenix Suns more seriously. A, because of the Kevin Durant, and that's his preferred destination. And B, because of the Pacers and finding that third team. In the end, I believe this. Pacers get DA, Suns get Turner and KD, and Nets get tons of assets that includes picks and high-level players that meet their demands. Like maybe Cam Johnson, maybe Mikel Bridges, maybe Jake Crowder, maybe Landry Shaman. Like, not all of those guys, maybe one of those guys. Could be a lot of first-rounders, maybe a second-rounder. But yeah, this is very interesting, guys. I truly do believe, and it finally clicks to me, because I was not really, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but I always knew about the space, about the cap space having been filled by Indy, but it now makes sense. Brogdon, busy, I guess he was on vacation per Gambo, per John Gambadoro. So they can't take the physical right away, but if the physical's happening today, it's going to be the first domino. But then it's like, okay, wait a minute, this makes more sense. We have a third team. The Pacers have been wanting DA, been wanting DeAndre since the last NBA's trade line. So knowing that information, that's like, okay, wait a minute. If this is actually gonna work and we're not gonna have like a flip floppy team going side to side to side to side to side to side and say we're in and we're out, okay, wait a minute. We don't need to have the Jazz. What can we get with the Pacers? What can we get? Because now the Suns can say, look, we'll trade you DeAndre, but we want Miles Turner because it's less money, but then maybe with the same quality? I don't find Miles Turner to be as good as DeAndre. I'd rather keep DeAndre, but that's a separate conversation. 
But financially, this is also work out for the Suns because now you're offloading him in a sign and trade. You're getting Miles Turner. You're going to be able to work out a trade with Kevin Durant. You're going to work out more financials by trading more of your players. The assets will be worth it because now you have more flexibility because you don't value the trade as high as you do with guys like Kevin Durant and just in general. So if you guys see, if you see the chronological order and the chronological domino is about to fall, my theory is this. We've all waited on, we've been waiting on Malcolm Brogdon. We've kept that under the rug. We didn't want people to know about that. We were trying to work things out on the back end. So we had this deal all work together. Brogdon's going to have his physical. He's going to pass that most likely. Then we can see a freeway trade happen, a free team trade. Then everyone's happy. KD's moved, Turner's moved, DA's moved. So then this way, no one has to get drastic with the offer sheet. We can all communicate. Sean Marks, James Jones, and the Pacers GM of name just, just slip in my brain. I can't remember everything. I am not uh, that one big brain guy. I, I can't remember his name. But Pacers... Kevin Pritchard. Hmm. Okay, yeah, Kevin Pritchard. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know why. No? Kevin Pritchard's not right. Holy cow. Is this like, is that, is this like wrong or Is it Chad Bouchon? Bouchonan? I don't know. Yeah, it's Chad. So it's not Kevin, it's Chad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, that makes much more sense. That's why I kept playing. I don't know who that Kevin Richard guy is. Don't care. But you guys know what I'm saying. So you got Chad, James, and Sean all talking. They're like, okay, wait a minute. We'll be patient. We're going to figure out our side. We're going to get to you. We're all going to accomplish this. There's going to be no passes. We're not, no one's in passing anything. We're not moving. We're going to make this thing work out. And if you, the Nets are probably like, okay, we'll work with the Suns. If you can guarantee Malcolm Brogdon is going to pass his physical, and they're definitely on DA. Because if they're in on DA, and you're more flexible to give us more assets, more guys, through offloading the assets you got by dumping off DA to Indy, you can transfer that to us. That will all work out. We get more first-rounders. We get more players. We get more assets. I hope you guys are tracking with me, and I hope I'm making sense. If I'm not, I'll probably have this on Twitter or something. But this makes very good sense because it's now woke. We, the missing piece was Malcolm Brogdon. Because this is this is not like time-sensitive stuff. The Nets are trying to prolong this as, as slow as possible. They're trying to stretch this out. They're, probably, they're trying to prolong this as far as they can because they have a time on this. They know they're hosed if they can't get this to training camp. But this becomes a success if they're able to get a good haul of picks and guys potentially cash back in return for the legend Kevin Durant. Now, would I like to have DeAndre over Miles Turner? Yes, because the guy is better statistically on the court and he doesn't take as many injuries. But I would sacrifice DA. And have to get Miles Turner, which I'm not upset about fully, to get Kevin Durant. That would be the biggest payoff. So I believe this is all this all makes sense. Suns made small moves, Nets made small moves. Why? Because you're giving up guys, you're swapping them out, you're trying to reconstruct the rosters here, you're trying to improve upon them, or you're trying just to balance things out. 
why the Suns were making all those moves. It's why they re-signed Busy. It's why they signed Damian Lee. It's why they signed all these different guys like JaVale McGee, Walk, Aaron Holiday, Walk, all these different guys. It's why they were doing what they were doing. Josh Kogi came in. Where I believe he was a former Minnesota Timberwolves last I've heard of him. Something like that. Don't matter. Don't care. All I care is that you see small moves like what was going on. Are the Suns failing right now? Are the Nets tired of them? No. It's just waiting for Malcolm Brogdon. Physical to pass. Comes back from vacation. Takes the physical today. Passes. Boom, bada, bang. Pacers are one step close to DA. Suns and Nets can ramp it all back up. And it's looking really good. Because I know we talked about last podcast episode. The hypotheticals of DeAndre and the Pacers. And looking at the difference between the offer sheet and just the sign trade method. And when you're really looking at this, you would see that the signing trade would be better for DeAndre. And I believe him and his agent have sat down about that, and they've talked to James Jones about this, saying, hey, can we go somewhere else? Can we sign with the Pacers for the signing trade? Can we be traded to the Pacers? That's where we ultimately want to go. That's where we're ultimately going to be appreciated at. We're going to be able to work the pick and roll with Tyrese Halliburton. We're going to be able to be the number one option there. In most respects, in most ways. So with that being said, you're now having the best of both worlds. And now it's not looking, it's not being so awkward. If that makes sense. Because the biggest thing for me was say, okay, wait a minute. How do I want to phrase this? How do I want to phrase this? Pacers give him an offer sheet. Suns have to sign him. That won't be so awkward. I guess some people will say, well, he got paid. That's the most important thing. It's going to come back. But once a guy's ego is damaged, or once a reputation starts, or once his image within his own law, once the image within the locker room is collapsing, and it's altered, and it's just put in a negative spot about a player in a franchise between the two sides, what we publicly know, that's going to alter the way he performs, he interacts, and how he just goes about, because the one way, you could have just saw the, just got rid of all awkwardness, tension, all that stuff. Pardon me, sorry. Through all that stuff, by just signing him to the max two two off seasons ago or this off season, but no, it's fine. Now you're putting yourself in a better position, but now compromising the relationship between player and the ownership through management. Now we don't know what kind of private conversations he's had with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, his other teammates, the front office like James Jones, then with Robert Sarver. You don't know what his agent is cooking up. We just don't know that. We don't know that. But what we do publicly know is that there will be a tarnished relationship in public professional images, personal images would be distorted between the two sides. So I see that play into a factor. It would just be too many factors. It would just be really, really off and it would be really, really bad. I 100% agree with that. That's why you don't do the This is why you don't do the offer sheet. Because if you do the offer sheet, you ruin your chances of going to the Pacers. You have to wait six months or whatever is a month before the trade on, upcoming trade on. Because let's be honest, the Suns are always gonna be Kevin Durant. Because if the Nets really wanted to get rid of Kevin Durant or really just wanted to go to a different team, they would have picked the Raptors. Would have picked Toronto. The Heat, in my opinion, are rolled out. It's just between Toronto and Phoenix. It's most likely going to go to Phoenix because they're giving the most patience to. And they're being the most cooperative. Both sides are being very cooperative. So in my personal opinion, it has to go to Phoenix. 
I'm 99.9% .9 sure this is going to go to Phoenix. Fun. Being more realistic, a 95% I have a 95% confidence rate that confidence percentage that he's going to end up at Phoenix. DA's going to end up in Indy, and that's where we're going to get a ton of our guys, including what the Pacers are going to have to give up. And we're just going to reroute that. Yeah, I hope that all that I said makes sense because it makes sense to me. That's my theory. We were waiting because of Malcolm Brogdon, but as things have slowed down, once that physical passes, we'll see more breaking news, more things to leak out, and now we can say we have things ramped up, and it gets very, very interesting from there. Like, that's my point. This is just a game of just trying to find the right moves trying to find the right time to capitalize on this stuff. And it makes sense, because you know at some point it's going to happen. You know the Nets are going to go in, say, okay, let's see, see your best offers, hear your best offers. You know the Suns are going to go all in to a certain extent. You know the Pacers are going to go all in to a certain extent, especially for a guy they want. And for the Pacers, it's a really good deal because, A, you get rid of a injury-ranked guy, B, you get a guy much younger and a little more skilled, a much older and injured-ridden guy, and see why not take a chance on him. It's DeAndre Ayn. Even though it didn't work out for us, doesn't mean it's not going to work out for them. Plus, they're going to prioritize by giving him the ball more. Supposed to be honest, if Chris Paul wasn't giving him the ball more, no one else was. Stuff comes down to that. It really, really does. But that's my fear, and that's my take on it. Because it, it's all making more sense to me now once this report by Gambo came out. But this is my a legit fear about the Drain. It may seem complicated, but it's not because ultimately Pacers will be the third team, and ultimately they'll land, land the Drain. Jazz, I believe they're out because they're a highly high likely team to go to. Or team to participate for DeAndre and to go to, if that makes sense. So that is why I am 100% taking a freeway trade between the Nets, Suns, and Pacers. These are free teams that have all linked interest in players and picks alike. That is why I'm just taking it. I believe it makes the most sense. I believe we're going to see that happen within the next two weeks or so. I don't know if we're going to be waiting till after the Summer League to end. Maybe Summer League. We could. But I believe, I best believe it's not going to happen today. It's going to happen tomorrow. We're going to start seeing some leaks about, well, his physical past. Everything's ramping up. DA's going to go to the Pacers. Things are shaping up. DraftKings is going to be updating their odds. Guys, maybe tweeting it out. I'll be predicting that like normal. Right? So it just gets very, very interesting. And I believe everyone's just got to stay patient. Reports are going to come out. We're going to talk about a lot more stuff. But I just believe it just makes sense. I truly do believe that. And I'm not just pulling your guys' leg to pull. I truly believe that. So, guys, with all that being said, I hope that I hope this topic helped. I hope my John Drain fear worked out. I hope it helped you guys. I hope, I hope you guys understood that clear or just somewhat clear. Because this all just falls upon the dominoes starting out with Michael Bryan's physical passing. They could take that extra money now. They have all that free money, extra financial stuff for the cap space, invest in DA. They all work out a trade, and everyone goes home with a slice of cake, and it's all working out. That's my feeling on it, and a very condensed part of my theory. But in one way or another, this theory works out because the domino of physical works out, Brog's trade's completed, another domino of this thing, these things ramping up. A freeway trade commences. Guys are being pursued. Trades are happening. 
and there's going to be a blockbuster trade. I truly do believe that. I believe it's going to be as simple as that. It's not as simple as I'm saying it, but it's going to be something simple as that. And I'm going to be working out some uh, mock trades. I'm going to get to that to you guys Tuesday, Wednesday, probably Tuesday for our next podcast episode. But that's my theory. It starts with Malcolm Brogdon. It ends with that completed trade officially for the passing of the physical. Then you're also going to see DA pursued hard by the Indiana Pacers. You're going to see the Suns negotiate for more time through the sign trade method. Try to keep everyone happy. Try to balance different organizations. And that's a lot of hard work by James Jones to balance out different players' feelings. Try to keep relationships intact. See who they want. Manage the Suns. Manage different teams. Make sure no one goes ahead and just cuts the Suns out of the deal. But yeah, it's very interesting. And with that being said, guys, that's all I have to say with DeAndre, with the Pacers, for the Gambo report, my personal fear that I came up with, um, looking at the cuts of James Wiseman, talking a little bit about Brooklyn. Uh, we pretty much bled into our topic of the day by looking at Brooklyn, Kevin Durant, First, a trade coming up first, and then looking to find a suitor for Irving to move on from him second. So, guys, with that being said, I will catch you tomorrow's podcast episode. Have a great Monday, uh, July 11th, if that means anything. And we'll be back for July 12th, so podcast episode. And yeah, guys, we'll be ready for Tuesday. We're rocking and rolling. Until then. Peace out, y'all. I'll see you guys Tuesday. I'll report anything if anything new happens. Until then, I'll see y'all Tuesday. Until then, let's just keep our days rolling, and let's see what else happens. Catch y'all later.